Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Muck and the Magic podcast. I'm John Duffy. This is Rachel Starbird. Yep. A Duff and Big Rage. <laughs> and uh, today we are talking about bodies. Um, yeah. We both have one, just one. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been a we've been allotted the usual amount, and we've you know aged ours up to. Uh, I'm 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 rocking a good thirty five over here. Um, yeah. Years wise. <laughs> So my body is slightly younger than yours, and therefore, oh, what's 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 the vintage on that? Thirty four. Very good, very good, very good year. Um. But everybody, (laughs) everybody thinks I'm a lot younger than I am, which is great. I get that a lot too. Um, I don't know how I won that lottery. I don't know, but like when I was. When I was 23 and I was getting fitted for a dress to go to a dance with for my boyfriend at the time, like it was a college, it was like a military dance. Mm -hmm. The woman literally asked me like, oh, what's this for? And I told her and I was flying to Colorado and she goes, oh, your parents are going to let you fly by yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm 23. I was like a senior in college. I was like, I'm 23. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> oh my God. I thought you were 16. <laughs> and That's I was so like, cool. no. Yeah. I mean, it's cool now at the time, like when I got carded for R rated movies, when I was mm-hmm. 23, <laughs> not so fun, but like, it's fun now right. for sure. That's cool. <laughs> um, my parents, when I was 10, they they had me fly by myself just to like teach me independence. Because like we were, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because oh, I was growing wow. up, you know, in a, I was in North Jersey kind of suburb of New York City. And they uh, and dad had raised two kids previously in the city. So it was like, you know, it was rough and tumble. And it was, you know, the early uh, mid early 90s, 90s or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so we were going on vacation. They're like, they they got a separate plane ticket for me, and they're like, "We're gonna fly ahead, and wow. we'll meet you there." Um, this is everything you do, and they had me take a a slightly later flight. So I went like from my house, took the bus to the airport, got on the plane, got there, and they were there to meet me at the airport. And they're like, "Good Holy. job, buddy!" Holy <laughs> was- crap! Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. And it made me feel like very, very independent. Um, I don't think they allow unaccompanied minors now. Like, if you're a minor, they will like, I think, assign someone to you or the flight attendants know or something. Did that happen with you? I don't Uh, think that they let that. Yeah, I mean, the flight attendants definitely knew that I was a minor flying alone. That was part of it. Hmm. Um, Yeah. I just, it's such a different time in the nineties flying on a plane. Cause like you could bring yeah. sharp objects. <laughs> right. Bring, right. Like, yeah. 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 I had so many ounces knives. of liquid. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so many liquids. Dude, and the whole, it's just a different time now. Yeah. The whole time I was fantasizing just how am I going to take this bitch down? <laughs> this entire plane. Uh, with all your liquids. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, who gets what? 
<laughs> God, so odd to think about, but yeah. what a cool thing for your body to go through at 10. Elevation. Were you like, yeah. Yeah. Were you anxious? Uh, I, I don't really remember. I think I was more excited. I really oh, liked alone good. time. I really liked doing things on my own. Um, and you liked I've, feeling independent. Yeah, always do. Like, yeah. like, like, I really like being alone in a crowd is like a comfort spot for me now, even to this day. God. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. even go to the doctors and get a shot on my own at 10 oh, yeah. years old. <laughs> well, you, because you weren't chucked on a plane by your parents. <laughs> I don't think that they would have ever done that. <laughs> it was a good move. Like, like I would do that, but yeah, you know, it, it definitely got me thinking a certain way, you know? Yeah. Um, not that it made me more responsible. (laughs) (laughs) I could get myself places, but, uh, (laughs) I think, I think that's lovely. I think that's amazing. I think you wanted, you were the one who was like, let's talk about bodies. Yeah. Let's talk about it. What was your thoughts on that? Like, what's your relationship been to your body in this lifetime? Oh boy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right into the dark stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah. We're not, we're not wasting any time. Mm-mm, mm-mm. That was a nice little um, open, but here we go. Here we go. Uh, Rach, you ever <laughs> see a dead body? Um, like at a wake? At, at wherever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I said that and then it's like, God, Rachel. Uh. Uh, yes, I've seen a few dead bodies, you know, after they've been through a process and, uh, and dressed up and put some makeup on, uh, but I haven't seen funeral style. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen a dead body pre-funeral. I don't think now you're making me think about it, but I, I think that I would remember if I had. Oh, oh, natural. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. And I, I guess I count my blessings on that one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have never seen, uh, is this true? <laughs> <We're> <laughs> which, like is a, which is a thought that, that I have at the beginning of just about every sentence. I say. Yeah. You're like, is Hold this up. reality? Is this, is this or true? Fantasy? Or is this one of your little, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, no, but I think I've never seen a dead body I wasn't related to. Right, yeah. That sounds about right. Um, We've chosen pretty good professions for not seeing that. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw my grandpa Bud, my dad's dad. I'm fairly certain, or I made that up. But <laughs> it was an Irish funeral, so I think it was open casket. Oh yeah, um, they love I was, open casket. They do. They love. That's why I'm like, yes, I've seen bottle. many a dead body, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, bottles, feelings, doors. The Irish love things open. <laughs> it's the way we roll. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was five years old, and that was like that was my first experience with death period like I never had a pet that died I never had a friend or any other relative it was like boom your grandpa dad's dad you're five here we go (laughs) yeah the suit on um and uh and 
I remember visiting the hospital before as he was on his way out. He died in a really intense way in that he like he was mowing the lawn and mm-hmm. then uh, like tripped over a rock or something, fell down and oh, hit no. his head on a rock. Oh, my and God. Then, yeah. And then um, as it was explained to me, that made blood rush to his brain and the brain swelled to the point that it exploded. Now, there's like <gasps> technical terms for that. Um, but, but, but that's, but that's what stuck with me at five is his brain swelled and exploded in his head and there wasn't room. And, uh, and so he was like rushed to the hospital and it was, it was a whole thing. And we were living in Jersey. So we zoomed over to, uh, to Waldwick, uh, Massachusetts. And then, um, Waldwick, Massachusetts. Yeah. No, sorry, are... Walpole, Walpole. Okay, I was like, there are many towns in Massachusetts, and I'll, I feel like I learn a new town, like, every few months, but I'm, like, pretty sure Wal, Wal, Waldwick. Yeah, Waldwick is actually Waldwick. in New Jersey. That is where we were War... living in New Jersey. There's, and there's Warwick, Rhode Island, and there's definitely Walpole, Massachusetts, for sure. Is there a Waldwick, New Jersey? I don't know what. There's not a Waldwick, Massachusetts, I, <laughs> I can tell you. You would probably know. Yeah, no. I, uh, I should know. But the, like I said, there's so many towns. There's so many. But like Wal, Waldrick, I can't even say it. Wal, Walwick? Waldwick. No, the I Waldwick don't think so. Chronicles. Yeah, no. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's Walpole, a, yes. For Walpole. Sure. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's that's one. Yeah. Walpole. 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 <laughs> yeah anyways that's that's the place uh perfect, and, perfect. uh yeah yeah so first funeral i'm pretty sure i saw him then like years later in 2007 i was like in the hospital when my grandmother died my mom's mom and that was really intense because i like watched it happen uh yeah. like it was oh man we're we're all yeah. like circled around and like uh her mouth was open and i heard the last breath and oh, wow. i like saw the change you know like like yeah. there, there's like this really haunting thing you know it's one thing is like a body being still but when it passes over there's like this indescribable change in energy um and uh it it was like super duper um intense yeah Uh, I mean now that you say that I was there when my grandmother passed uh like I remember I drove I drove home from college and I was like oh god I don't think I'm gonna get there in time yeah and uh I did get there in time it was like I my mom was there and like another daughter and because it's my mom's Same. mom and she like perked up for me and and my mom was like oh I think she was waiting for you and then and then she passed but I I left the room like I was not gotcha. in the room I well I like gave you know she's my family but it's like I gave right. the daughters right. some space you know but like yeah yeah like so I was in the same I was in her like assisted living apartment but I left her bedroom I didn't actually see, but like, you know, she, there 
it was her body was there, but she was not there anymore. And yeah, that yeah. it is a very intense thing. And it makes you think about bodies as like, they're only bodies are only bodies because our, whatever you want to believe, like I'm going to say spirit though, because our spirit occupies them until it no longer does. Yeah. Like we're puts we, things in perspective. Absolutely. Um, so that was like 2007 and kind of similar situation. I was visiting couple buddies actually down in uh, Southern Oregon University when I got the call like hey she's really doing bad you gotta come and uh, so I had to like end the debauchery and and drive (laughs) up um, that long four-hour trip uh, to Portland and and yeah I remember like stopping at a gas station and like breaking down in the bathroom there you know it's like Mm -hmm. you know a pull yourself together thing but then like in the process of pulling herself together, just like lost it. And then she passed and she definitely like waited for grandpa to leave the room. Yeah. Um, which was like show her. Yeah. Yeah. And then a few years later, um, 2012 grandpa himself um, was living with us and he was suffering from Alzheimer's. Um, so he was like in a nursing home until his Alzheimer's got bad and we moved him in. And uh, those were very, very intense years as, you know, his body started malfunctioning because his mind was malfunctioning. And that's like the most important organ of all, you know. And uh, so then one day, I think dad got me and came down the stairs and he just had that like he he just like was like, hey, John, something's happened. You got to come. And it was like the same like tone, the same like sentences, even like uh, that. He, he, he's got like this really gentle, great way of breaking news. Um, he was the one who told me about 9-11. He was like, hey, bud, you got to wake up. Something's happened, you know? Yeah. And it, so it's just like, OK, here we go. Um, yeah, that's nice yeah. to have. Yeah. Uh, so then we uh, we went upstairs to grandpa's room. And he was like in his favorite recliner, just like gone, just gone, gone. And he was surrounded by all of his uh, pictures that he'd framed because he, he used to take um, uh, landscape portraits. He was really good at it. Um, and uh, yeah, so 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 that was a scene. It was just like, you know, this like super powerful guy, just like just totally gone in a recliner, surrounded by things he'd done. Uh, and then yeah. that room... Uh, that room ended up being like uh, they converted it into like a a renter's room they like subletted it and yeah because it was like that was a room and now it's a room we can't enter so we got to do something with it right Um, yeah so how how is like experiencing death at young age affected you and your body Mm, I wonder uh <laughs> well because we're talking about <laughs> bodies and now we're talking about yeah. death so right right right, right i right. wonder well, as well, well. that's kind of like i think death is you know it's the ultimate thing our body does you know it's the last thing our body does and our body is in this constant process of keeping all its processes humming yeah. to to avoid that you know and then eventually right. the processes break down no matter what Um, or horrific accidents happen that disrupt them or, um, you know, 
diseases come. And uh, yeah, so, so, so I think, I think experiencing death at five was a really important thing for my perspective, you know, and for my uh, like relation to people and life, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. I think it definitely like made me more sensitive to the preciousness, you know, and um, wanting to really do things because it was like, okay, like he was in his 60s and I was five. So it's like, okay, we have a certain amount of years. And now that I've experienced (laughs) five, I can calculate, you know, and I'm learning about math at the time and like, and time at the time. And uh, here we go. You know, like it was like, oh, right, I'm really in life now. <laughs> and, right. Uh, um, yeah. So so in that way, it just like I think, you know, the preservation of my body became a notion, but it became a notion that I really avoided for years and years. Only recently have I like come around. Yeah. To, like accepting my body and or starting to accept my body and like thinking about it um, as a as a body and not just like a concept, you know, yeah. not just that, well, here's John and he's this way, you know, right. <laughs> like, like something like, that's like, not like outside of you, but like a part of you. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That really yeah. hit me. Cause I've always felt very separated from it. I've always felt like a brain that was stuck inside an unfortunate thing, you know, mm-hmm. and just doing the best it could with it rather than yeah. being like the totality of what I am and well, in charge of what I am, you know? I think, I don't know. I just think that's very common because totally. Uh, I think I mentioned in a previous episode, like something that I learned uh, when I started diving into psychic stuff is, you know, you look it's get, when I give a psychic reading, it's a spirit to spirit. Hello. So I'm like really seeing you like they taught me how to I'm looking at your spirit kind of separate from your body but you can like look at the energy of the body too but in learning that you know I learned like how many for whatever reason people's spirits are like out of their body or like not fully in or and there could be many reasons for that but um when I part of the journey of psychic school it's not just about like learning how to read people but it's a personal journey and it's like getting my spirit more in my body, like moving out Mm -hmm. all of the things that aren't me or uh, healing some wounds or looking at past life pictures, things like that so that I can get more in my body. And what I realized is I was like, right. Like once you really get in your body, I think you become aware of how fragile it really is. And, and yeah, why would we want to think about that? Because then that's terrifying. Then you're like walking through the world, like, Oh my God, like I gotta be careful to not trip over a rock while I'm mowing my lawn, you know? But I think I had that realization and then I had to kind of swing the pendulum back and be like, yeah, but I'm not going to walk through the world, through the world in fear. Right. Like, but our, like you said this, that like our bodies are literally true they've got one job and it's like, keep you alive. And so I don't know, like, it's just, uh, I don't know. It, like, it's, it's a fascinating <laughs> topic, but like, so when you're going out in the world and if your body has one job to keep you alive, 
it's going to send you little signals, whether you're aware of it or not to be like, oh my God, don't do that thing. Danger, danger. Like kind of like fight or flight, right? Yeah. We're constantly getting signals and and the neurons move so fast that we don't even really know. Correct. Until you start, you know, I've started really getting in my body and I've been really on a path of embodiment, like since moving back to Massachusetts. Nice. Uh, And now I like, I'm really tapped into some of them. And sometimes I have to be like, okay, body, like you are safe. Like I know what you're afraid of in this situation, but actually you're okay. I literally like, okay, listeners, you can't see me right now, but I have my arms like wrapped around me and I'm like patting myself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, body, you're okay. I did this recently (laughs) for something else. Like just having a conversation with your body. Cause it's like, your body is just like, nope, I'm keeping you alive. Don't do that thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Self-touch is so powerful. Um, yeah. When, when I was in treatment, uh, one of the things we did was this like self-touch class where they were just like, you know, uh, starting up at the head, like rubbing the temples, and then and then going down into shoulders, arms, and legs, and it was like incredible how yeah. different you feel after that, and how like steady and and powerful you feel after that. Well, that is like an exercise of like that's like helping you get in, you know, bringing yeah. awareness through self touch is that's a great that's a great practice. Yeah, yeah, because that's the that's the thing. Like I've always been a you know. I've always thought of myself as a predominantly mental person, but I'm mm. also extremely tactile person. Like I'm always fidgeting or touching things like right now, like we're talking, but my one hand is on the phone and the other hand is like, like, <laughs> like scratching at and kind of caressing this table I'm nearby. <laughs> like, like, like it's always something or it's like playing with my clothes or, you know, um pens are a big one for me uh flipping those things around yeah uh yeah 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 clicking and like twirling in the fingers and stuff like touch is like one of my favorite things that a body can do and and Mm -hmm. it really trips me out how it's just like you know how it's sensations through the skin and i've got skin around my entire form you know so it's just (laughs) like (laughs) it's just it's just unlimited you know like the eyes the eyes collect a lot you know and we really like value them because they're so close to the brain and 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 (laughs) vision is so valuable but like really the eyes are like what like uh two quarter sized parts of our body like and and like you know mouths are huge sure um you know the tongue takes out (laughs) takes it takes up that entire cave but the skin is everywhere, man. It's huge. Um, and yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just love, I love touch. Uh, that's, that's like my, uh, I think it's the most uh, underrated of the senses, I would say. Everyone's all yeah. about vision and, and hearing. It's like, yeah, but touch is like right up there, man. It's true. Do you think that you are what you eat? Have you heard this phrase that people oh, yeah. like to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely am what I eat. Yeah. Yeah. I, but you know what? I don't like that. People are like, moment on the lips, lifetime on the hips. Fuck oh, that. Dude, Fuck it's that. so true. Who cares? Yeah. Who yeah. cares? 
all these little phrases whatever helps you man yeah i i i uh i, I struggle i have struggled my entire life with food that's like yeah. one of my least favorite subjects and most constant fears and concerns is what am I going to eat next? You know? Okay. Um, yeah. Because I'm often like so unhealthy with it that it just like stresses me out and you have to eat three times a day for some effing reason. And so it's like, yeah, uh, you I'm know, it's, you on a, that one. it's a constant, a constant stressor because yeah. when I've just eaten, you, the mind starts gearing up for the next meal and it's like, oh, geez, what are we going to do? I, I definitely feel you on that because I, love eating but I hate cooking Mm. and I'm just like not good at it I mean I'm sure if I tried I'd be fine like I am I'm I'm not a bad cook I just don't enjoy it and so I feel like that's part of the reason why I work in the service industry because then it's like I don't have to worry about that (laughs) someone's gonna cook for me and I'm gonna have at least like two meals out of it but yeah I I my relationship with food is not bad. Uh, I would say like I grew up with um, like my dad was very, very into like us eating healthy, which was really great because it gave us a solid foundation. Yeah. Uh, cool. But now as an adult, it's just like, ugh, I don't know. I don't have a, I don't really have the drive to like cook good meals for myself. Like it's like, ugh. And maybe this is like, maybe this is the plight of like single life, you know, maybe there's motivation in cooking for others. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Um, But like, yeah, I, I fluctuate. Like I'm, I, that is an area where I'm like, I need to be better about that for sure. Cause I'm like not eating always the healthiest, but I'm also a proponent of like living your life and just loving yourself and being happy. And if you want a donut, eat a fucking donut, you know? Cause on one hand where like, you know, I had a dad who was like very much like he had a garden. He grew his, like we had vegetables year round from that, which I'm like, I want a garden someday because of that. Like, it's so delicious. And he taught us how to like plant gardens and take care of them and then how to um, preserve the food and do our own processing, like canning and that sort mm-hmm. of thing, which is really cool. So I had that. And then, you know, at some point I realized, um, and this is like fairly recently in the last like few years that I had some body dysmorphia oh. where, yeah, where, uh, I just always had this, uh, like I would view my own body through a lens of like, I'm fat, like, or I'm, I'm overweight. Right. And the moment that I realized it wasn't true was when I was looking at a picture of myself, like from college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I remember that moment of the picture. Yes. I remember looking at that picture afterwards and being like, oh my God, I hate the way I look. I'm so overweight. And then present time me being remembering that and being like, but I weighed less than than I do now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy shit. And I was like, okay, I have to like unpack that. I have to unlearn that cycle that I'm in of just constantly thinking that I'm not like that. My body isn't enough. 
Yeah. And it's, it's only been the last like year or two where I've really been like paying attention to the, that narrative in my mind and then being like, wait, nope, that's not true. <laughs> and mirrors, there's certain mirrors that are cheap and make you look mm-hmm. like shit. Cause like, yeah, that's oh true. my God, I just got a, uh, like a nice antique bureau with a mirror on it. And it's uh-huh. uh, from my grandparents. Damn, uh-huh. do I look fine in that mirror. Right. Get you an antique mirror. Okay. Like a nice mirror. one. Yes. This, these are my life I, hacks. Okay. That I over totally the door. That. Yes. That over the door cheap uh, hanging mirror from Target yeah. that you got in college. Not good. No, 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 no. It's bad. It's a cheap mirror and it yeah. makes you look bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's such a thing. And that's yep. such a, that's such a, you know, I'm, I'm uh, like, I went, I went to film school. I love photography and cameras yes. and, uh, and filming. And it's so true. Like, like the lens makes a world of difference and a mirror is in fact a lens, you know, it's light yeah. passing through glass in, in certain ways. And I remember uh, when I was in, when I was in high school, which is, you know, the height of body image issues, right? Um, yeah. And I was at, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking yeah. bodies. We're not talking high school bodies because that is too dark. <laughs> I used to wear the baggiest clothes all the time, like, because bun- that's just mm-hmm. what was comfortable. Like I would, and, and like it was in style for sure. Yeah, Although like tight clothing was really in style in like early 2000s as well. But like yeah, I but it's just pre, wore pre-athletic, you know. Right. Style. Right. So I wore bunches of layers, big sweaters. I mean, I still do, but I remember getting to college and kind of I had I always had my own sense of style because I just wore what was comfortable and what I was interested in. And then when we would do shows. Mm-hmm. And I would have to wear a costume that maybe was tight or whatever. Yes. I remember some of my guy friends being like, whoa, Rachel has a body. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, of course I have a body. And they were like, yeah. no, like you have a body. And Damn, I was like, girl. oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about totally. this. But um, started numerous jokes about like, my style and like oh you're hobo chic oh like right you hide and but it made me think about like okay I'm hiding my body I think it's something that we do yeah and so in high school that's where that started for me totally oh my god theater and costuming is a whole is a whole tangent um but uh but yeah uh, um back to mirrors um one of my friends (laughs) no you're fine you're fine uh, one of my friends in high school, um, he was like, especially, he was especially self-conscious um, and his bathroom mirror at his mom's house was the worst mirror uh, I've ever seen somehow. Yeah. And I don't really know how it, it also had to do with the lighting in the room. Lighting the lights in the bathroom everything. was like, it was like you're in a costco all of a sudden right it was just like <laughs> bright as shit and and somehow that mirror would turn you into a absolute goblin like an absolute like greasy greasy pimple witch yeah, it was gnarly most, most dressing rooms have horrible lighting yeah and i'm like i don't understand i think some stores have gotten better but like I went, yeah. I was 
when I was in Ashland, Oregon, visiting our friend Lucy one uh-huh. time, and there was this cute uh, thrift store, and I tried some things on, and the lighting was amazing. Oh. And the woman who was there, I was like, "Oh my god, your your dressing room lighting is amazing." And she goes, "Right? Like, I don't know why yeah. big companies don't do that because people buy more when they." when they're yeah. looking in the mirror and trying something on and look good and feel good. Yeah. Like. Cause, 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 and bars usually have excellent lighting, you know, or, yeah. or at least like sexy lighting. So like, why can't we get some sexy lighting for the outfits I'm going to wear to the bars? Like, come on. Hey, folks. people, people would buy more clothes. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Definitely. Clothes are, are such a weird thing. Cause they're like, it's hard to, they're both, they're they're functional in a way that they're what we use to cover our bodies and to be and to control our temperature right there's that part of it but they're also a like optional variable expression of our bodies too you know Mm -hmm. it's like if i don't like my chest i can wear this because this makes my chest look like this you know if i you know uh if I'm really like stoked on my arms, I can like roll, roll these sleeves up and bam, look at that. You know? Yeah. Like it's a, uh... <laughs> anyway, that's one of those like <laughs> everyday normal concepts. That I'm just kind of playing around with here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a good percentage of this podcast. It's not, it's just, it's just me. Like, talking about things we all know <laughs> you, just, you just you just kick things around see what lands just kick them around yeah it's, it's fine <laughs> kicking the tires on this concept of clothes uh uh how do you how do you feel about nudity while we're near the subject uh, i mean what specifically <laughs> about it i mean i don't know <laughs> oh my god i love you you know what i'm hearing in my head whoever was like well it's pretty unstructured (laughs) (laughs) playing over and over and we're like yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know (laughs) oh my god um nudity Hey, I got you. I got you on this. Thanks. Ma'am. I'm take. I'm taking the volleyball and I'm spiking it back. So, uh, <laughs> nudity. I think there's a lot of attention and energy put on nudity that doesn't need to like be there. And maybe yeah. that's because we live in America. Everybody's afraid of nakedness. Right. Everyone's afraid of being seen. Everyone's afraid of seeing others and it's like you know what it's just a body <laughs> and we all have it now like yeah I don't always I but i'm not you. saying like i'm not saying let's do away with clothes like i don't really want to see good naked bodies yeah. all the time like okay Same. so when we would go to like uh nude beaches in oregon yes like i don't care but I wouldn't always participate like, cause I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think going nude is a form of expression for a lot of people. And I think that's great. Yeah. I, on the other hand, like would be more comfortable going nude, maybe at a private location. Maybe <laughs> this is my body dysmorphia talking. Mm-hmm. It's just, or maybe it's just my personality. Like we went, you know, and, and I'm like, yeah, whoever like, 
go nude. I don't care. But like, yeah, you know, there's a level of like guys at that nude beach who are like, oh, I just want to like sit next to you because I can and I'm naked. Right, right. And it's acceptable here. And I'm like, no, like, like, please like go away. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Because one time I, I went with I went with our friend Lucy and she took me for the first time. And it, it's like, no, just because like there's nudity here doesn't mean that you get to like, I don't know, in, in encroach on my personal boundaries yeah, and space. A, talk to a stranger you normally wouldn't. Yeah. You normally wouldn't. You're doing it because you're naked and you want me to look right. at your penis. Correct. That I'm not into. Correct. Yeah. That I'm not into. But I I do support nudity. Yeah. And I I really like being naked. Uh I went to so so we went to the new beach. It was like a beach day with like a bunch of coworkers and and yeah. we didn't get naked, but we had a great time being there. And one of our friends was just like recently out of a breakup. So she was like the first time she'd ever seen another penis, you know? So that was that was really joyful. Wait, are you talking about a time when I was there? Yeah. Which time? We went with a Lu- few times. With Lucy and Alex and Christian? Yeah. But there was oh, that was one time. There was a there was other times too, like Rooster Rock and you're talking about the Savvy's time? I'm talking about the Savvy's time. That's the only one I went to. And then this last summer I went to Rooster Rock for the first time with with friends and we all got naked as hell. Yeah. And that was, that was super duper fun. Um, and, uh, I forget my point, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I like, I like, um, I feel like I have a degree of exhibitionism in me, but it's strange because it's like, it makes me feel really good, but it makes most people not feel good, you know? Hmm. So, so you got to watch, you got to, you got to be in the right circumstances, you know, and uh, it's more something that just comes out when, you know, when intimate with someone like normal, which is good. Um, and, but it's weird having a like, not classically, not, not like classically society, you know, being fat, but liking being naked. Yeah. Is like a weird thing for me. Okay. And, uh, Why? Because everyone tells you you shouldn't. Yeah. It's so stupid. Yeah. 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 Because, because you see it make people uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Right. And there's, you know, there's points with like intimacy where it's like, ooh, she thought she was ready for this. She wasn't, you know, like, okay. like that happens. And, not all the time, but it, it every now and then, especially with like rando hookups. No, no, mm. no. People fetishize you and then like they end up in bed and then it's like, oh, this actually isn't what I'm into. And then it's like, yeah, this wow. is horrible for everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because you're like a specific weird category, you know? Yeah. And uh, but on the bright. So so there's all sorts of like really awful traumatic things that come with being this size but then the bright end is when most people don't view you as an option you are allowed 
a sort of social intimacy that beautiful dudes miss out on. You know what I mean? Mm. Like where where people feel comfortable being around you because there's not sexual tension so that they so that they like open up in ways that that creates a real you know like like friendship is a lot easier with the opposite sex I think because I'm not like walking (laughs) around like a celebrity you know what I mean like Um, me (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding no but Um, I know what you're talking about because I I remember the moment where I was like wow I don't know if any of my guy friends are actually my friends yeah or if they just want to sleep with me and that sucked yeah that was that was a shitty thing to realize it sucked I'm sure not like woe is Rachel she's got a nice body like what like no I'm not trying to be like that but like the problems that come with it it's a thing for everybody regardless of like how your body looks or your size like we all have things yeah there's always another side to the coin and and like and then I just admitted that I had dysmorphia so I never thought that I was beautiful or had a nice body or any of that so yeah but then but then having a realization that like I was like oh all my guy friends are just attracted to me and hope they're gonna sleep with me one day like oh they don't (laughs) like they don't like me for me that's so hard that's so hard and that's so like it sucks and that's and that's one of the things it's really and then and what you're talking about sucks too like it's where does it end where does it fucking end right right and it's it's one of those things it's like people can intellectualize problems they don't have they can understand like 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 i can understand the issue of if everyone you know know, if all if all my guy friends were just trying to sleep with me quote unquote like that would suck but I don't I can't know it you know and and you can't know what it's like to be a big hairy dude you know like like and it's uh and, and that's one of the things is like as intimate as we get with people our experiences are our own Mm -hmm. and uh it's um yeah it's it's just really tricky to to navigate like relationships and friendships and being in this world where 50 percent of the population has an entirely different you know physical experience than you do you know it's it's an unavoidable percentage you know it's just like everyone is everyone's different in that way and then even within our categories or whatever it's everyone is so different from everyone else and the physical side of that is what sets a lot of that up you know and then the mental side of it sets up a lot of the physical side of it you know like our mental decisions make our physical selves and our physical selves make our mental decisions so it's just this like constant roll down a hill or up one yeah That was the sound of a record scratching. You are listening to The Muck and the Magic, Episode 9, Bodies. Audio continues on Side B. Please remove cassette now. Rotate cassette 180 degrees. Insert cassette back into your audio player. Press play.
when side B facing up has been inserted into your 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 player. All right. See you soon, folks. More to come.